What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTomKick.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with Leo. Hey, what's up, everybody? The birthday boy, Ryan. I was going to sing for you, but I'm not Marilyn Monroe, and you're not John F. Kennedy, so that's <laughs> not going to happen. Happy birthday, Ryan. Aw, thank you, thank you. And joining us for only one segment, because we did not include enough women in our top 15 film performances in a comic book movie, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> It's me, Jen. It's I. So, so today, Her list will be everyone from that one scene in Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, which, probably. Which rewatching makes zero sense how they end up in the same area. No, I think <laughs> oh, my yeah, I think yeah. my top would be Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. Number one of all time would be Wonder Woman. Well, for females. If I'm oh, yes, females. yes. That would be mine. No, yeah. yes, that would be mine If I'm too. just speaking of females. Yes, yes. yes. We know, we yeah. know. I won't give it away because it's going to be on all your lists later. Yeah, um... We but, know who the males are. But before we before we get to our list, we're going to actually do things a little different and do our movie taglines. But Ryan, it's your birthday, and I want to let everyone know we're covering comic book performances, and you currently have a listener of the show and someone that owns a comic book shop, but the reality is he would not be able to contribute anything to this podcast, right, Ryan? Not at all. Not he at just... all. Shout out to our, our friend Alex. And go visit ANS Comics. In Teenick and North, North Bergen, Bergen, New Jersey. Cheap plug and Alex Yo's five hundred dollars for that plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna start with movie tagline so we can get Jen out of here quick. And the reason that we are starting with movie taglines is and Jen will be a part of it is because they I have some taglines that there is no way <laughs> that Ryan or Leo are gonna get. <laughs> because these are movies from the thirties. <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't even know if I'll get them all. So we're actually going to start with Jenny. You put a lot of pressure. Jenny, you're yes. up first. Yes, I... Together I, for the first time. Together for the first time? Yes. Hint, this movie won Best Picture in 1934. Oh, Lord. 1934. Together for the first time. Uh, Any guesses? In 1934? Yes. And that's the only hint I can give you, because if not, it's going to be a giveaway. It happened one night? Yes, that is correct. Okay. I assume that together for a first time, because I feel like movie taglines in the 30s were less about the movie and more about the stars in a way. Yes. So I feel like this is probably an, uh, alluding to like Claudette Clark, Gable, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ryan, you're up. Continuing the trend of me giving you the easiest ones. <laughs> They, it is your birthday. They had a date with fate in Casablanca. Oh, um, shit. Casablanca? Very good. And the fact that you, <laughs> I don't know if you were serious about thinking about it or not. <laughs> no, it was so simple that I got scared that it wasn't that for a second. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That, that your was reaction amazing. was priceless, right? I love you for that. Leo. Glory. Glamour, 
gaiety. Wait, glory, glamour, gaiety? Glamour. And this movie came out in 1939. But I, I, you know this movie. That's why I'm giving it to you. Uh, it's a hard one. I, I would have never, I would have never gotten this. I, yeah. Um, I got, I got nothing. Jen, any guesses without look, t- picking up your phone to search it? I wanted to search it. I didn't think it was going to come back to me. Um, <laughs> glory, glamour, gaiety. <sighs> It's an MGM film. That doesn't help me. Um, 1939. Yes. Any guesses? Sunset Boulevard. That is incorrect. Rye, you struggled with Casablanca with the title of the movie in the tagline. Do like you wanna... I said, I thought it was this trick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to guess on this? Some Sinatra flick? No. The Wizard of Oz. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't huh. I guess they're just, you know, like, just... To... I was thinking that, but I was like, there ha- this has nothing to do with those three words. It doesn't. Um, Jen, this one should be very easy for you. Uh, what a glorious feeling. MGM's Technicolor musical treasure. Singing in the rain. Correct. Nice. <laughs> Ryan, get this. this is the longest tagline I've ever read in my life, so you're going to have to pay attention for about 15 <laughs> seconds. Uh, All right, gosh. Ryan. It begins with the shriek of a train whistle and ends with shrieking excitement. Young America's idol, a good-looking stranger in search of a sensation and a girl in love. These are the people around whom Alfred Hitchcock spins his wonderful new web of suspense and surprise. Warner Brother brings a pounding new tempo to motion picture entertainment. That was all on a poster? Yes, it That's was. That's a synopsis. That's not even a tagline. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's at first giving... I was thinking Strangers on a Train. Very good. But... Yeah, Very that's good. It. Oh, good job. Nice. Good job. Yeah, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock in the, in the tagline kind of narrows it down a little bit for the era, too. So good job. Good job. Leo, the most unusual and intimate journey into human emotions ever filmed. Inside Out. Incorrect. Rear Aww. Window. What is it? Rear window. Oh, shoot. Jenny, the chauffeur's daughter who learned her stuff in Paris. Oh, Sabrina. Good job. I'm that gonna... was the synopsis of the movie, though. Yeah, that is the synopsis of the movie. Basically. <laughs> uh, Leo, I know Jenny may want to get in on this. Leo, a different set of jaws. A different set of jaws? Yes. Uh... Huh. Uh, we're in the seventies now. If that helps, it doesn't it really. Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. All right, uh, Ryan. Any guesses? Jaws five. No, <laughs> Jen. Jaws two. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. What? Oh what? yeah. All right. You're right because that's that is in the poster. Yes. Whoopsie. Yeah. Failed. Sorry. Ryan. Another birthday gift. The night he came home. Uh, everyone, oh shit! I know this. Everyone's going crazy now, screaming at Ryan. I hear the listeners right now screaming at Ryan. Um, Halloween. Very good. Nice. Jen. Sex, clothes, popularity. Is there a problem here? Sex, clothes, popularity. Uh... This is. 
I'm so happy you're going to get this wrong. It's going to make me happy. It's not like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Incorrect. Ryan, any guesses? It's definitely not, not Clueless. Leo, any guesses? Wait, 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 but Jennies are in the 30s. This is a movie in the 30s? No, no, no. no, no. We're no. up to the 90s now. We're done with the 30s. <laughs> I was like, Jawbreaker. No, incorrect. Leo, Popularity. any guesses? I'm trying to... Wait, sex? Leo, Close if the word popularity. sex was in a movie in the 1930s, I think it would have been banned. Yeah, That's why I was, I, was, I was so confused. I was like, how is this movie in the 30s? <laughs> Days and Confused? Incorrect. You guys are in the right area. Like, Jen's in the right area in terms of it's a comedy. And Leo, any guesses? I mean, if it's in the right area and they're all uh, popularity... Uh, it's not Porky's. Uh, no, I got nothing. Clueless. It was the Clueless. How is it? No I, sex in Clueless. I just said you Clueless. said no. You said it was. It can't be Clueless. That's it what you said. It can't be Clueless. It is Clueless. Hold on. Wow. I got these from IMDb, so these are definitely the taglines. All right, the last six are all comic book movies since we're doing comic book performances. Ryan, I'm going to start with you, and there are not 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 all of them. Wait, are... you just said you said sex close popularity. So it should be sex close popularity. Is there a problem? I did here? say that. You said that. Yes, I did. Yeah, Thanks, for mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Ryan, breaking wow. the law to protect it. Comic book movie. That's that's where we're going here. Punisher. Incorrect. Leo. Uh... And a hint: all these comic book movies are after two thousand. So this oh. this should help a little bit. After two thousand, breaking the law to protect it. Uh, the remake to Judge Dredd? <laughs> the Green Hornet. Oh, God! Ah. This is the second time you use that movie against us. <laughs> and, yeah, I, and, and, I, and I used another tagline, right? Or did I use the same one? No, no, different one. Different oh, okay, one. good, good. Leo. What, who, who's up, Leo or Jen? Uh, Leo, Ryan had it, then it passed to Leo, right. so I guess Leo. Leo, one. one man still has the edge. <laughs> These are terrible. (laughs) These are so bad. One man still has the edge. This is the... the, I will say this is the... There's two good movies out of these last six, and this is one of them. I don't know if that helps at all. I mean, after 2000, unless edge is like a wordplay thing? No, definitely not. Um, yes. Yes, his... Yes, because of the person's weapon. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. about too. I'm like, if it's if it's a weapon thing, then I don't know. And Deadpool with the title, too. and with the title, yeah. Um, Ryan, any guesses before I go to Jen? Mm, say it again. One man still has the edge. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Dang it! <laughs> what is it, Leo? Or did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up. But I'm guessing is it Blade? Yes. I was thinking Blade. It's, I was like, it's Blade Two. Yeah, because of the wordplay. I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Jen, catch her in IMAX. Catch her in IMAX? Yes. There's only two in the 2000s, I think, you could actually go with, right, guys? And these are comic book movies? Yeah. Oh. oh. Wonder Woman? No, incorrect. Oh. Catch her. Yeah. Um, oh, Lucy? No. Oh. Incorrect. Um, Catwoman? Yes, correct. It is Catwoman. The, the Halle cat. Berry one? Yeah. The cat is in caps. 
and catch oh, her. Oh, and well, I, just, I can't oh, tell that God. unless I read it. All right. Last last three. Ryan, happy birthday. Justice is blind. Uh, Daredevil. Very good. Leo, the time has come for those who are different to stand united. Uh, X2, X-Men United. Very good. And Jenny, last one. God. His curse will become his power. His curse will become his power? Yes. It's going to be so obvious. No, it's not. It's not? No, okay. It's not that obvious. I think you probably gave me the hardest one. Um, his curse. Who's cursed? Someone is cursed. Uh, You've probably never seen this movie either because I, I don't like it. So I've never made you see it. I don't know. Guys, any guesses? I thought I had one that you said you don't like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this movie at all. So never mind. I thought I was going to here's say the hint. Too. Here's the hint. I don't like this movie. Leo doesn't like this actor too much. Wow. <laughs> There's no reason for us to know this movie. Yeah, we and but the three of us have seen it. I'm 100% sure we've seen it. The three of us have. Jenny, I don't think. What is it? All right, any guesses on you, guys? No, I'm totally drawing a blank. Ghost Rider. Green Hornet. Oh, my God. I was thinking Ghost Rider before. I have seen it with Nicolas Cage. That movie is garbage. Is that right? Oh, and John Travolta. Sorry. John Travolta. Travolta, No, he's in The Punisher. Oh, he's in The Punisher. He's not in Ghost Rider. Oops. Confusing both. Because you're not a big Nicolas Cage fan, right, Leo? I love Nicolas Cage. Really? I just thought thought, thought, thought he was very good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Eva Mendes is in this. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Oh, man. So, yeah, that wraps up this week's. I was thinking Ghost Rider before originally for the Edge tagline mm-hmm. at first or one of the changes and stuff. But all right. Cool. All right. Cool. So before Jenny leaves, let's go to our quarantine watches of the week. Uh, I'm highlighting four things, but I will wait for Leo to say one of them so we can get into it. Leo, I know what you want to start with so we can go with you first. Yeah, so after um, after Back to the Future binging last week, um, I went on like a documentary binge the last like few days. Uh, I ended up catching A Kid from Coney Island, which is a documentary on Stefan Marbury. How is that? Uh, actually, really, really, really good. A lot of stuff that I did know about Marbury, a lot of stuff about his family life and like how much of like an accomplishment it was for him to make it to the NBA. Um, really good stuff. A lot of stuff about his time in China and like his mental breakdown in the NBA towards the end of his career here. I loved it. I'm a huge Marbury fan, and it definitely it put a lot of like a, a spotlight on his personal life. Interesting. Um, I watched Filthy Rich, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix. How was that, dude? Um, incredible. Like it's it's disgusting how far this thing got with 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 everybody involved, the government, the the cover up, the conspiracy. Um, it's incredible. Um, I I don't. Uh, just seeing the amount of stuff that was going on in house in the United States, like sex trafficking, is is very prevalent in today's society, and like this was eye opening. Um, I ended up catching two documentaries on the Fire Festival. Yes, you finally Hulu. saw them. <laughs> yes, I, one on Hulu and one so on Netflix. So, Leo, you and Jenny are more spirit animals than me and Jenny for some of this stuff. Jenny did not want to watch those with me. Should Jenny watch these documentaries? Absolutely. Yeah, they're very they're very similar to one another. I think the one on Netflix production-wise is a lot more um more friendly to the eye. Oh yeah. Both of them give you crazy facts though, and it's inc- it's fun stuff. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I I said this 
about well two a year ago or two years ago whenever we did this and i'll say it now because now you're on with us leo i don't feel bad for any of those rich snobs and it's funny because that 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 that's a that's a point that's highlighted in both uh, in both of these documentaries is mm-hmm. that like a reason that this thing blew up so big was the fact that like at the end of the day you're talking about like mostly spoiled rich kids getting conned yep and it's like dude this is kind of what you guys get and yep. it's, it's it's crazy but it's just it is crazy how like the rise and fall of the of the main guy of uh of William I forgot his last name uh, but just how I mean it's, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars here i think the biggest takeaway from that one is in the hulu one where after this fire festival thing failed he tried another scam right away <laughs> insane like he's on house arrest and he hasn't learned his lesson yeah so he does he's another one that deserves to Absolutely. get everything that he got all right uh, so and, go ahead and um yeah and i ended up watching the um the documentary by ava duvarney 13th Oh, that's a, um, that's a tough Netflix. one. That's a good one. It, it's really good. It's a tough watch. It's a very tough watch, but I absolutely recommend it to anyone that's interested in learning more about um, about blacks and Latinos and just like the the system, the systematic racism that does happen, particularly in the in the jail system. But uh, but yeah, and then um, I also thought, watched a fun loving documentary uh, about Walter Mercado um, called Mucho Mucho Amor on Netflix, um, and I think that that, that one was one that with just nostalgia uh, personified. It was a fun watch for any for any millennial that grew up like with Telemundo and Univision. I think you know who Walter Mercado is, and yes. I think you'll really enjoy it. 5.47 every day when I was a kid, I was doing my homework, and my mother would, it was obsessed with Walter yeah, Mercado, absolutely. and my grandmother and my aunt were obsessed with him. Um, he had the infinity stones of capes, by the way. <laughs> yes, he did. The best, I mean, everything about it is was an interesting story on its own. But I think the fact that um, I got two things out of it. Um, I did not know he was so beloved in the LGBT community. They, like, love him. They interv- interviewed a few social media influencers, and they were talking about how he, how influential he is to them. And the fact that the Lin-Manuel Miranda thing... <laughs> When he Lynn oh, and his dad, beautiful. that was the best. It's funny. Lynn had like one of two of the big highlights of the last two weeks with Hamilton Absolutely. last week. And now with this, it's really, really solid. And it's probably how we would feel. We would have met him seeing as our parents, grandparents, yeah, our families. And like, and I, I mean, and also the fact that it's like, cause they know growing up in a, in a Latino like upbringing, like homophobia is very strong. Mm-hmm. And like and just learning more about like and it's true because his ambiguity sexually was like kind of overlooked by a lot of like the Latino community. We kind of just accepted him for who he yeah, was. Yeah, for who he was. Too many questions. What right? a concept, right? What a concept. <laughs> uh, anything else, Leo? Um, uh, on my end, I'm watching a movie now. Um, I recommended. Um, Stacy recommended it. It's a 2005 TV film. It's a three-parter. Um, called Human Trafficking mm-hmm. with uh, Mira Sorvino, Donald Sutherland. Um, it's a tough watch as well, but I really, um, it's on Amazon Prime right now through the IMDb thing. Cool. Um, it's but it's, it's another, yeah, it's a very sobering view on the different variations of, uh, of human trafficking and sex trafficking. Interesting. What about you, Ray? Uh, real quick, I'll just run through some of the stuff. Uh, finish off the Harlequin ser- uh, season. Uh, solid uh, season finale. Uh, been watching Shield. I've been thinking that. Leo, what have you been thinking? 
I like it. This last, I, I like the um, episode by episode like eras. It's, uh, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, and you got me into Doom, so I started watching that. Um, but on the movie front, uh, me and Casey have been watching the Fast and Furious you're franchise. St- you're still at it. God bless <laughs> you. We haven't really God bless had you. to watch it between no, the no. move and everything else. We haven't been able to watch much. No, I, th- I, at- I would have thought you would have just given up. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're at Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious. And oh, the two worst we ones. Wanna, nice. Yeah, we kind of want to give up. We were like, what, what is this that I, we're watching? I will say, when, because you're a wrestling fan, what makes you stick through the la- the next four after those three and four is the rock. Is the, rock. the rock is, is the, the rock. best part about yeah. the rest. Even Casey says she's like, I just want to get to the next one for the rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and right, right, right now you're at you're at like Thor Dark World right now. Just push through. You got a little reward coming on. It gets it gets ridiculous, but it's still like fun ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah five is pretty ridiculous at the end. You'll you'll see. Uh, but what else? And Palm Springs. You actually saw it too, right? I'm so happy. Yeah, I saw it off I'm of your so... recommendation. So uh, we can get into that, I guess, because Jenny saw it and I saw it. Um, it's my number two of the year. It's the best traditional narrative film of the year because uh, Hamilton is my number one right now. Uh, I don't like Andy Sandberg at all, but I think he was really solid. I think it's his best performance. Uh, Kristen Milioti. She's awesome. She needs to you do just more like movies. Her she's the mother. And she's so cute. She's adorable. The movies are adorable. And I don't like rom coms. But I think this does, and I'll let you and Jenny chime in now. What this does for Groundhog esque types of movies, it's very different because I like that you start off thinking that uh Niles, which is Andy Sandberg's character, is just this, you know, schlutz. But you'd find out maybe 20 minutes in that he's just already in the loop that he's been doing this for days upon days upon weeks upon years maybe so i like that you kind of start that off and i really like that for i think for the first time you kind of get two people in it at the same time in the loop at the same time so i really do like that a lot um and it's a very i good it's a good parallel it's a good parallel to the world we're living in where every day feels the same we just try to make it different as best as we can. Um, yeah, so I'll let you guys talk. Right, since you started off with that, what do you think? No, I thought it was a really solid film, really well done script, um, and just an easy watch. That's what I liked Super about it, easy. like an easy, nice 90-minute flick, and yeah, you you said it, you said everything else best. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was so cute. Um, they're just... Yeah, like you can see the relationship build. Um, I thought she was my favorite of the whole movie. Same here. Um, I figured I did call something that was later revealed in the movie. I had a feeling that was going to be the way it turned out from the beginning just because of the way um, she was acting in the beginning of the movie. So Mm -hmm. I had a feeling it was going to tie into that. Um, So I'm glad that I was right, but I didn't find it too predictable. Um, And then I will say that I think I like this better than Groundhog Day. But that's different. No, I think I think you're I think it's better. So I, I think agree. I don't know. I really like the perspective that they were in this together. And then like, you know, it went from her. You kind of went through all like the stages of grief almost throughout the movie in a way like denial that this is happening. Um, 
I think the last stage is acceptance, right? So like he w- Niles was already towards the end of it. So he, you know, he accepted it. This is the way it was going to be. He didn't try. I love that she was the one that like went through these stages and then she was like, "No, you know what? Instead of accepting this, I'm going to figure a way out of this." Um so you see her efforts go into that and then, you know, however the movie ends mm-hmm. for anyone not to spoil it. Uh, but I just thought, I thought their chemistry was really good. So good. It was very fun. It was, the movie was very lighthearted. So it wasn't anything heavy. You know, I'm thinking about sitting here thinking about all the stuff that Leo has watched this week and all of this stuff. I feel like would just bring me so down right mm-hmm. now, just because I feel like we are stuck in this kind of time loop where like the days are all blending. I mean, it's, we record this on Sunday. The episode goes on Wednesday, like Wednesday will be here before you know it. Um, tomorrow's Monday we start work all over again so I feel like every day is just blending together and together and soon enough we'll be at Christmas I feel like Um, so I think it's important to to try to not right like make every day a little different and try to do new things as much as you can in your control and yeah so the movie was great and J.K. Simmons was wonderful absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. he was hilarious well he was good for what he was in i, I there's a there's, oh man it had a good it's, it was nice it, to see a few like familiar faces in the movie too i think everyone that i recommended the movie to loved it leo you're on deck yeah 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 we'll see i'm still i'm still trying to do all these documentaries first we'll, we'll no, see i think we you'll dig it leo i don't even want to say that i think you'll dig it it'll be a nice break leo it'll be a very peppy break <laughs> anything else right or, ju- or was palm springs was the last one palm springs was the last it yeah uh yeah so i saw palm springs uh i th- to finish off on that jenny's like trying to cut me off she's like i want to get out of here you're about to talk about male performances i got nothing to say so i want to <laughs> no, say no i don't want to get out of here but you didn't ask me what i watched this i week. know i was going to finish off with you oh going back to palm springs real quick i think it's a contender for the globes uh comedy musical so actress wise screenplay too and picture and hopefully we get some love for actress as well so but thanks to jenny uh this is a show that i think leo will probably get into if he hasn't seen it already because jenny's about to rave about it uh we saw the morning show oh dude yes so here you watch it it's so good so here's my two cents I think Jenny liked it more than I did. I liked it. I think it's very interesting, and I think it goes in a direction that I did not know it was going to go into, like, right away. I didn't know it was going to be about the Me Too movement, in a way. Um, I think the middle episodes drag a little. I think they try to... It, it has the problem that many series have. It tries to stretch out to 10 when it could be a solid 8. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, performance why I see why Jennifer Aniston won the globe she's pretty awesome in it um Steve Carell's good and Reese Witherspoon's good. I think all the performances are good Pete from the league is is fantastic uh the Shiva's in it I feel like we watched the sequel to the league and what happens when they move out of Chicago <laughs> I think that's what we were watching uh and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to to season two I guess I was a little bit meh with the season finale maybe that's why I liked it. I thought it was great performances, but I don't know. The season finale left a little bit to desire. What do you think, Jen? I thought the show was really good. Um, I know that we watched it a lot faster. We did the free trial of Apple TV. (laughs) 
because we already own so many streaming services and not going to lie like this week coming up, I'm going to be getting um, Peacock TV, right? The NBC app, because I want to watch Psych 2, the movie that's coming out July 15th. Very excited for it. Um, So I, you know, I binged it a lot faster than David wanted to. David was like, let's take our time, which also could be why maybe he felt like some of the episodes in the middle dragged a little bit because we watched everything pretty close together we started on friday with three episodes and saturday yesterday we binged the rest of the seven um he's like just be patient let's wait but i like to go through it if i'm already in it i like to go through it (laughs) watch it absorb it and i just feel like jenny doesn't believe in foreplay jenny just believes about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have no comment to that so i mean I like don't know where else to go after that. Good. <laughs> so, else to go. <laughs> so no, it was a really good show. I think the perform. I think Jennifer Aniston. I think Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon's characters were a good um, balance of how different they are, mm-hmm. and especially with just like everything that goes on. Steve Carell, I thought was really good. He looks like a, a nice silver fox in this show. Um, definitely more attractive here than he was as Michael Scott. <laughs> just saying that silver hair that. He looks good. The women um, love Michael Scott. He, I think he did a really good. I think this was different for him too because he, he doesn't play an super, asshole. No, no, he does play an asshole. No, but it's never, a very different. Play. He, oh, yeah, he never yeah, really Michael plays Scott. an asshole. An no, asshole. right. But it's just a more serious role. You know, this is almost very like Foxcatcher esque. Like when you don't, when you're so used to seeing him in comedies, and then you see him like really serious. Like you know that he has range to do both. Um, I love that the women were obviously like the leads in this. Um, Jennifer Aniston did a terrific job. I think everyone in the supporting cast did really well. Um, I know that Dave was also comparing. I think there have been comparisons to the newsroom, um, which I think was on HBO. HBO. I saw the newsroom. I liked the newsroom at the time. It. I would say the newsroom is a little different because it's a full network news cycle as opposed to just producing a morning show. But if you want to see sort of differences on that, they cover, and it's also Aaron Sorkin, so that's a good recommendation. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I'm happy that I binged it. I look forward to season two. I think the ending took a surprise turn. I think they ended it where, like, they could have ended They left it where if they didn't get renewed for season two, it could have just been fine as is because yep. that's it. It pretty much wrapped everyone's story. I actually not sure where else they're going to go now for season two, but I look forward to it. Um, yeah. Cool. And then last two things that I wanted to touch on that I saw were I saw the new Tom Hanks movie Greyhound and it's solid. Uh, very great action sequences. It's an in and out kind of movie, 90 minute war film. You don't really get to know anybody. So the character development is pretty shitty. Uh, but Tom Hanks is great. He's always great. So Jenny would never watch it because Jenny doesn't like war movies. So I had a feeling that she would not. It's not my cup of tea. And then uh, last thing, I saw the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple. That's really, really good. It's a very different perspective of how to uh how to do a documentary it's pretty much them narrating everything on stage with clips playing and it's directed by spike jones so you never go wrong with that it's really solid you guys should check it out and i think this is where we say goodbye to jenny you didn't ask me what else i've seen oh what else outside of what we both saw together um so i've been watching outlander 
I'm on season two. Oh, what yeah, Leo, think? the old lady show from Comic-Con. I like it. It's not really an old lady show, but I can see why the old ladies go nuts at Comic-Con for these panels. Um, <laughs> it's very saucy and Scottish. And I guess I'll, that's all I'll just say for that. S squared. Um, S squared. And then we saw that thing you do. Oh, yeah. I loved which it. Which I've was, seen a million times, but I David had, has never I seen it. I forgot to mention, I had never seen it. It's really good. I liked it a oh, lot. Nice. Yeah, it's really, really good. That song, man, that Video song meters. plays like every five minutes in the movie. But it's so good. <laughs> I don't think they overkill it because they have to show that they are really a one hit wonder. Yeah. And like they show the different iteration, like in the beginning of the movie, it's a slow tempo and then he comes in and he changes it up. And then that's really when they skyrocket. Yeah. I, I immediately I was like, isn't that the asshole that took Emma Stone from Ryan Gosling and La La Land? <laughs> and yes. then Jenny said, yes. But I'll still always have love for Tom Everett Scott. But yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, yeah, I think that's it, and right? that's all I watched. Bye, Jenny. Unless Bye, you're staying Jenny. in for the news. Bye, guys. Cool. So we're going to hop, hop into the news real quick. Uh, only four little things to talk about. Um, the first one is Scar- the, the quote from the director of Black Widow that ScarJo will be passing the baton to Florence Pugh and Black Widow. The quote says Kevin Feige realized that the audience would expect an origin story. So, of course, we went in the opposite direction and we didn't know how great Florence Pugh would be. We knew she would be great, but we didn't know how great Scarlet is. Uh, Scarlet is so gracious, like, oh, I'm handing her the baton. So it's going to propel another female storyline. I like this a lot because, I mean, Florence Pugh's too good to be wasted just in one movie. So I kind of like that she will be kind of the new Black Widow, I guess. Right, guys? Absolutely. I'm down. I'm down, too. Uh, next up is the new casting of Batwoman. Javice, Javika Leslie casts as Black uh, Batwoman. I like it. I like that it's something completely different. And you know why I like it? Because you probably have a good actress playing the lead character. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a concept, guys. What a concept. I mean, before I get to you guys, you can't get any worse. You know what I mean? I mean, the show sucks, so let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Uh, Leo, what do you think? Uh, same, bro. I think you and I talked uh, about this one when it first got announced. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, I think the casting, hopefully the story writing makes the casting better. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we all agree that it was like, that was a big obstacle in the show so far. Just because we have a good actress. You know, if you give her your crappy material, it's not going to save the show. Yeah, when you have a crappy uh, actress and have crappy material, wonders of shit will pile up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, so totally love it. I love the demographics that it checks off. Um, I know you do too. Yep. Um, yeah, I like it. Right. What about you? But you're yeah, uh, totally. Before before you say you're you've seen Batwoman, right? Like you finished it? Oh, yeah. I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Like I'm uh like one or two episodes after the crossover. Okay. You're not missing much. Um yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> um, but um no, I'm down for the casting and I'm down for the change and can't wait to see what they do with it cuz like you guys said, like they can only go up. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the honestly what's the worst that can happen? We still hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I mean we're terrible people but we were just being honest we're just being honest um and then last bit of news was the most heartbreaking for me halloween was moved a complete year 
Um, I I guess the reason that why I was so upset was because I thought this is the safest one out of the bunch that I was like excited for this year. And I knew if it was going to get moved, it was going to fucking get moved the entire year because they want to push it in October during Halloween. Uh, so this sucks, man. This really sucks. Um, I, at this point, and I think I, I, I can't remember who tweeted this, but as someone tweeted that at this point, it's a fucking joke that studios just keep doing this moving shit around game. Just let us know what you're going to release in 2020, move everything else to 2021, and call it a day. Yep. It, it's yep. ridiculous that every week something else moves. I think it's it started off cute, but it's not fucking cute anymore because, like, someone gets excited. I'm like, okay, you know what? You know, this summer has sucked, but now we're going to get Halloween or we're going to get Wonder Woman here in August. But no, we're not getting shit because they every two fucking weeks they fucking move stuff. So it's really a little bit aggravating at this point. Just move what you need to move, leave what you need to leave, and call it a day. That's my two cents on it. Uh, I know you guys weren't as excited about the movie as I am, but like, do you guys agree on the whole moving and m- not moving things? Yeah, just if you're not going to stream it, then move it next year. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, uh, I, Dave, I, I think it's like we understand that studios have a problem right now. We're all going through the same problem. Like Everyone would understand if you just like pick a day and that's it. <laughs> like Ryan said, like make it streaming or or leave it alone. But like this whole back and bait and switch is getting annoying. Yeah, and I think the day and date thing would have worked for Halloween. My I guess my biggest annoyance with Halloween is that the movie costs about fifteen million dollars to make. So the movie was gonna make money regardless in theaters, and it was gonna make its money back opening weekend. If it is only twenty five percent in theaters, if they would have done a day and date as in have it in theaters and have it on VOD, it would have made its money back without a problem. So I, I guess the fact that this movie costs no money is the most aggravating part about this whole moving, moving Halloween. Like Black Widow or Mulan or something, or Batman or something along those lines. That costs 100 to $200 million. I get it. This costs 15 So it, it's just very annoying. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up the news today. Let's get into... Our top fifteen character, comic book character performances of all time. Woo. Was this hard for you guys? No. Gotcha. Um, keeping it down to fifteen was. Yeah, I, I think that's where I ended up. I'm glad we were able to just shout out fifteen in terms of performances and everything because I think it was one of the hardest lists I've I've done. I have some head scratchers on my list, but it's okay. Uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Ryan, I know you probably had a lot of honorable mentions, so I'll let you kick it off with your honorable <laughs> mentions and go 15 through 6. 15 through 6? Yep. All right. My honorable mentions are Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Nice. Um, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Nice. And J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Which, which, oh, I love that. Which, which film? I mean, all of them, but if I have to really choose, I'd honestly actually choose um, Far From Home because you get that much of a pop and the end of the movie was yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Seeing him and that was awesome. All right. 15, I kind of cheated. I did. I went with both Professor X's. I could not choose between the two. You cheated. Like <laughs> so that's, I, like a, with, that's, a, that's a big cheat, too. It's a, two totally different people. In like six movies. <laughs> Uh, which, if you had to pick a movie for both of them, which one would it be? 
Um, for Avery, I went with uh, Logan, and for I mean, for I'm sorry, for Stewart, I went with Logan, and for Avery, I went with a uh, uh, first class McAvoy. You mean McAvoy? Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, keep going. Fourteen. I went with Thor Ragnarok. Oh, nice. He made me give a shit about the character. Like that's what I went with on that one. Like he made like I did not care for Thor. I did not care for Dark World. He I didn't care for him in uh, Ultron. But then Ragnarok came out. I'm like, oh no, now I care. Then yeah. we got what we got in uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and it got even more. He Chris yeah, exactly. is so funny. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Number thirteen, Christopher Reeve Superman. It's so low. Yeah, it was. It, it, this list was hard with the placement too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I went with the balcony interview, the infamous scene. Yes. Um. Uh. And number twelve, I went with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Pfeiffer, uh, Selena Kyle. Yes, and, love and that. Batman Returns. Love that. I went with her fight. Her first fight with Batman. Nice. Um. Number twelve, eleven. I'm sorry, Doc Ock and Spider Man Two. Love it. Um, I went with the hospital scene when he first wakes up and it just destroys all the nurses. <laughs> and number 10, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. I'm surprised it's so low for you. That is pretty low, yeah. Because for me, like, you guys know how I feel about Deadpool, but, like, I thought that would be, like, in top five for you, right? So I'm... I agree. Yeah, like, I guess uh, my top five is so solid for me, though. <laughs> yeah. um, what's your favorite part of, uh, with Deadpool? With that one, I went for when he's killing all the henchmen looking for Francis. Because <laughs> it's it's so well done because no, they all know him as Ajax. So like, he keeps calling for Francis, so he's just doing the fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, number uh, nine, this is where I'm going to get some heat. Michael Keaton, Batman. <laughs> you fucking gonna go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told oh. you I was gonna get some heat. <laughs> oh. oh, Ryan, it's your birthday. You're gonna get some. I will let this one pass. And I went with the opening of Batman. Oh, okay, that's that's that. I I have when it gets to mine, I have two. One of them is just one of them is not good. It's just fucking ridiculous. But uh, we'll get to there later. Um, number eight. I went with Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Nice. And instead of going with No Man's Land, like I do every time we go with a scene for this movie, I actually went with the ice cream because it's such a cute little scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, number seven, Christian Bale um, as Batman. And I went with him fighting to- upward up, up the tower toward Joker. Okay. In, so in the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. And number six, I went with uh, Jack Nicholson, Joker. And Over Michael commercial- Keaton! Oh, Ryan! <laughs> Oh, I hate you right now. Uh, Why do you hate him? I don't know, man. Michael Keaton. I guess Jack Nicholson. All right, go ahead. What? And I went with the commercials for Joker products. Yes. He's so, oh, beautiful. He has so... I mean, we're, we're, we all have Nicholson on our list, I assume. But he's so much fun in that movie. Yep. He, he gives zero shit. He's like, I'm going to get paid so well for this movie. All right, Leo, go up. Go, you're up. Uh, so honorable mentions for me. I Yo, Rye. I thought I was going to be the only one to have J.K. Simmons, but I have J.K. Simmons, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Um, Michelle, nice. I got Michelle Pfeiffer for Catwoman, uh, Ron Perlman for Hellboy, and Chris Evans for Cat. Which one? Uh, Winter Soldier. Okay. But uh, my number 15, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Okay. In Suicide Squad. Interesting. Um, nice. The the origin story is like um I think it gave me like a it gave me chills to see like 
I wanted to see a whole movie of that. Mm-hmm. Of like the destruction of Harleen Quinzel, of Dr. Harleen Quinzel and becoming um, Harley Quinn. I think Margot Robbie showed her the range of that character in that in that movie. But I have uh, yeah, I have Margot as my 15. My number 14, I have Chris Hemsworth in as Thor in Infinity War. Stop. You really meant Dark World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. All my examples are from Dark World. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in Infinity War, I think Hemsworth, he ran the emotional gamut at yeah, that he point. Did. He lost everything um, in the first 15 minutes. Uh, and I think Hemsworth did a really good job. And I think by the time we get to Infinity War, thanks to Ragnarok, we actually care. Just like Ryan said. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 13 is Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Nice. Um, another emotional performance by Michael B. Jordan following right after what he did on Creed. Like it, it was one of those movies that I know we talked about how Marvel had a big problem with villains and no one really caring about villains, but they really had like a trifecta of like the villains being the best part of the movie. Agreed. Killmonger, um, Vulture, um, and I mean eventually Thanos. But Killmonger, I think Michael B. Jordan did a great role there. He jacked up more than we've seen him before, which is incredible seeing his body in Creed already jacked up. Um, my number 12 is Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, and also, I think just, just like taking a step back from the actual movie and like all the heat she got about getting cast for the role um, and the, all the work she put in to get I, like fit for the role. I think what we learn from some of these that are in our top 15 are the ones that get the most heat turn out to be the best. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, you see like a little you see like, hey, trust the casting director at times. Like mm-hmm. Maybe they do know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I respect Gal Gadot so much. Uh, the scene I have there, even though she had her own movie, I actually still I, I, I loved her in um, in Dawn of Justice. Yes, uh, when she first appears. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you see, like you see, like her 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 like she has a very good poise about her. She comes off regal, um, and that's something that you need to have if you're gonna be Wonder Woman. It's very hard to completely think that movie is the worst thing ever because of. Just how great she is in her first appearance as Wonder Woman there. Absolutely agree. I think the movie has a lot of like escapisms. I think if you watch it again, like it's 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 not it's not fan four stick. It's a no, it's not, no, no, no. <laughs> but there's so many highlights to it that yeah, I, I just always loved her her just the way she carried herself. It was very, very queen like. Um my number eleven is Jackie Earl Haley as Roshak. Yes, Leo, I fucking love you i thought i would be the only one that has that surprise on oh the list. dude I, I thought i thought i was gonna be the only no, one no 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 not at all my friend not oh, at all yeah no i freaking love roshak i think just like the voiceover in the trailer had me hooked um and then like ever since like just seeing his like like the the, the the bloody face under the mask like it was just everything it was like a brutal brutal anti-hero that i wanted to know everything about um, including Jackie Earl Haley. It was, he was an awesome actor that I wanted to watch more movies for. Yes. Um, I loved it. I loved the performance. Considering he had a mask on most, most of the time, you still felt everything, and I freaking loved that performance. Um, my number 10 is Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Nice. Uh, w- uh, which one? If you yeah, have... I chose X-Men First Class. Okay, so I chose, that's great. I chose, them, I chose them, the agony, and then you see him like going through trying to kill um, Sebastian, um, Sebastian Shaw yep. in, the, in the water, and then you just see his pain. I was like, um, I thought you were going to say Sebastian Stone, and I'm like, no. I, know. I'm I love like, no, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> No, but I just love Fast because, like, don't get me wrong. I, I will always like I always have a special place for 
Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. But something about Fassbender's Magneto just made me feel a lot more raw and visceral pain. Yep. Um, my number nine is Michael Keaton. And you fucking go! <laughs> it's not your birthday, Leo. What the fuck? <laughs> Michael, yeah, you know, I never, it, it is what Same it is. number I, two. <laughs> it is. Oh, dude, right. When you said yours and I heard his reaction, I'm like, oh, he's going he's gonna to go crazy when I, he hears me. Listen, I will say this. It's not, it's high, obviously higher than both. It's not number one or anything, but it's Michael Keaton. Oh, the disrespect. It's so blasphemous, <laughs> the disrespect. Oh, but like, I, I, I loved it. I mean, it, it's funny because like, as I'm, as I'm putting on all the different characters on the list, obviously we're, we, we all are going to have one character multiple times by different actors yes yes um but batman has the most actors that have portrayed him and i i I still gotta say that it's like people keep hunting for the best bruce wayne and the best batman but i just feel like keaton had it best Mm -hmm. Um, agreed yeah it's it's weird it's weird to say because like like you mentioned earlier like the casting um uproar was crazy when he got cast big time Uh, but my my favorite scene there is um the the him in the soup with um with with Vicky oh on the long table I, in the long table yep that's how Jenny like, and I that's how Jenny and I have dinner <laughs> he's so disconnected from this whole life of like glamour and like he goes and eventually has dinner with Alfred like in a little table and you just see like this man is very conflicted he has so many so many dualistic qualities that you just um there's a lot more to him as Bruce Wayne. Um, my number eight is Jack Nicholson as Joker. God. <laughs> well, at least, uh, at least they're right next to each other. Yeah, I kept them right next to each other. And I will say that um, for me, Nicholson made that movie so much. Like, it just took it to another level. I could mm-hmm. see a whole movie of Michael Keaton being Batman and just like going through his stuff. But he, Nicholson's Joker just like, yeah, I think I think it's just it's yes, there's I do believe there's a reason that he got top billing on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number seven is Tom Holland as Spider Man. Interesting uh, for uh, Homecoming. I have Homecoming. Okay. Yeah, um, and it's funny with, with with Tom Holland, I have the reverse of what happened with Keaton. We've had many actors play Spider Man, but for some reason, this last one stuck. Right, mm-hmm. you have the innocence, you have the playfulness. I I I hear. I think it's because smarts. he's actually seventeen, and he's actually seventeen. Exactly right. You're right. You have the you have the nerd. Like he is a he's a nerd that gets picked on, but like it seems just more genuine. They 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 took some of the stuff from the Garfield Spider Man where it's a little more current and and contemporary, but it's I, I just feel it feels more honest. Yeah, I think um, the social awkwardness with Holland is much more authentic than the absolutely. than anyone else. Yeah, then the then the really weird. Um, uh, he's like a skater boy, um, like hipster. Outcast. He's like a little hipster yeah. in in, um, in Garfield. Uh, like he's trying to be he for me because I'm not really a big fan of those two. I think Garfield is more the I'm too cool so to be around you people. So I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be distant. Um, yes. What sucks, and I really hate it. I hate that our Gwen. The best Gwen we've had is in that franchise, and we can't bring her into the MC. Well, now Emma's too old, but she was perfect as Gwen. I think uh, she absolutely. if they would have if they would have brought her in here, it would have been such perfection. I agree, totally agree. Um, my number six, which is surprising, when you mentioned it, David, and I, I, I was right with you. 
My number six is Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Um, and I'm not a fan. And I'm not a huge. I'm not a like a huge Deadpool. I may fan. need to rethink my list. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I thought that would be like top five you know for what? you. Nope, yeah, you're I'm... stuck. You're stuck. Now. <laughs> no, it's, so it's funny. Like with, with like, I'm not a. Like, I, I I like the movie. I like. Um, I like a lot of like the visuals. I'm not a big fan of part two, but Ryan Reynolds is. Deadpool. Yeah. Oh my like, god. Yeah. Like even even going back to like the history of how he got the role. Like the man was reading Deadpool comics to research the Hannibal role on Blade. Loved Deadpool so much, including the fact that he's Canadian, and made this his passion product yeah. pro- project. I mean, like, it it's worked out. Absolutely. I can't like, wait for him to be Deadpool in the MCU. It should be yeah. some fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. But yeah, number six is like. Are you worried that they might tone him down though? Nah. So he doesn't say fuck and shit. I don't think they're gonna tone him down. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's be honest. Like Deadpool is a comic book character, so like he's been True. in written material. It's not like he's cursing and killing everyone in the comics every single exactly. page. Exactly. And honestly, I think that Deadpool uh, is not as hard of an R as people make it out to be. Yes. The stuff that's R-rated in that movie is like you show the body limbs getting removed. You can remove that, and you can remove the word "fuck." You still have the word "shit" in a PG-13 movie. You're good to go. I I think that's I think I don't I'm not like those toolboxes out on the internet that oh man Disney ruined another franchise. No, go go play in traffic. Um, all right. So I have some honorable mentions here. Uh, Bob the Goon in Batman nice. 89. Beautiful. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin, and I uh, yeah. and I mean I mean I that with the bottom it. of my heart. Those need love. In <laughs> uh, more serious note, uh, Hugo Weaving and V for Vendetta, uh, Brandon Lee in The Crow, uh, Michael Keaton in Homecoming, Christian Bale in Batman Begins. I think um, that's the closest he got to playing both both of them really well uh, because he doesn't have that awful voice yet. Um, Patrick Stewart in Logan, uh, Daphne Keene in Logan, Chloe Chloe Moretz in Kick-Ass, nice. Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight Rises, Aaron Eckhart in The Dark Knight, and Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad. So I put number 15 as Deadpool from X-Men Wolverine. <laughs> um, I, don't think, I don't think a film captures a performance from page to screen more than um, someone that's known for his mouth to not use his mouth at all. At all. I think that's incredible, incredible work by Ryan Reynolds. Um, and by my sarcasm here, you obviously know I'm joking. Uh, so I went with the first Deadpool. Uh, I don't, I rewatched them both this week. I forgot to mention it before. I didn't really want to highlight it. I'm with Leo. Two just doesn't hit me. Two, I, I mentioned it in my review when we first when I first did it and when we first did the podcast about it. Two tries to do the same jokes as one, and by the end of two, they're already getting old. That's how I personally feel about two. Um, but with Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, everything Leo said, the scene that I would go with is the twelve bullet opening sequence. I think that's really funny stuff. Oh, absolutely, dude. You read my mind. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yes. Number fourteen, I went with Alfred Molina and Spider Man two. I think we look at Marvel and we talk about how poor these villains were in the MCU until recently. Old Marvel really got it right. Like the Spider-Man, uh, Green Goblin was a good villain 
And then Alfred Molina had so much depth to why he is a villain. And I always say the best villains are ones that don't feel that they're villains. So the scene that I went with is the final moment of the film where he sacrifices himself to, to pretty much rescue Spider-Man and, and Mary Jane. I think that's really solid. Uh, number 13, I went with Michelle Pfeiffer and Catwoman. I mean, I'm returned as Catwoman. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's so hot in, 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 in <laughs> she's just so hot in, in Batman Returns. Um, for my favorite scene, I went with the scene towards the end of the movie, which feels like the most real scene in Batman Returns because everything else feels like ridiculous. Uh, where her and Bruce are dancing and they both oh, discover who each one of the, the mistletoe. Yeah, so I think that scene is the realest scene in a movie that has a rubber ducky all over the fucking screen. Um, I think it shows the depth of their relationship, how there's such love, but there's such like, I don't know if we should do this kind of vibe. So I think that works really well. And both Keaton and Pfeiffer are really good in that scene. Number 12, I'm the only one that's going to have this. And it's a, a performance and one of the most heartbreaking scenes for me in a comic book movie. I went with Michael Caine in The Dark Knight Rises. So I think Michael Caine is fantastic as Alfred throughout the entire trilogy. But I think there's such an emotional connection to Caine in Dark Knight Rises for the fact that he doesn't. Um, he goes on to say that his job is to keep Bruce safe and he does not want to fail uh, Thomas and Martha. And then at the end where Bruce, quote unquote, dies, you have that scene at the funeral and Michael Caine and Alfred is just looking at their grave next to Bruce's grave crying saying I failed you you trusted me and I failed you like there's so much emotion there it's such it's always resonated with me as such a great great performance and Michael Caine's awesome uh number 11 I went with Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman uh she's fantastic similar to what you Mm -hmm. said Leo but I kind of did the same thing you did no man's land obvious the ice cream stuff obvious but her introduction in Batman v Superman is such great 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 shit and I can't believe I said such good shit, man. <laughs> I can't believe I complimented Zack Snyder, but, you know, even a broken clock is right two times a day. Uh, my number 10 is Jackie Earl Haley in Watchmen. Nice. Another compliment to Zack Snyder. I don't know. Maybe I should check. I, should, I'm, I may be smoking something today. Um, I used to think Watchmen was really good after watching the Watchmen TV show. That's much better. That's actually great. But the Watchmen movie is really good still. And that's thing, and that's thanks to Jackie Earl Haley's performance. He he's pretty much everything you said. He's the anti-hero. He does what he needs to do to get shit done, and it made me actually want to see more of his work. And unfortunately, that work was Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, and that's just garbage. Um, my favorite. Although to be to, to be fair, it's not even it's not his fault. It's either. not. He's good his in performance it. Performance is awesome. Yeah, he's good in it. Uh, if I went with the scene here, I went at the end where Rorschach provokes Doctor Manhattan to kill him. <laughs> That's where I went. Uh, number nine. Here's where I'm gonna get shit from you guys. I went with uh, Josh Brolin in Avengers: Infinity War as Thanos. Oh wow, interesting. So, I, th- I went with him. He yeah, he's low, but obviously Thanos is my. I I I thought about this hard, and I I've always one or two. It's another person on this list and Thanos as the two best Marvel villains. But I think uh, 
the reason I went with the other person I'll get to in a, in a little bit. But Brolin is so great in Infinity War. The movie Infinity War is about Thanos. Thanos is the lead, not the Avengers. And yep. if that yeah. doesn't work, if his performance doesn't work, then the 22 movies or 21 movies before them would have all been for nothing. Because we need to hate Thanos. We need to understand why he's doing it, but we also need to hate him. And I think he is fantastic. Uh, if I went with a scene, I went with him killing Gamora. Number eight, Jack Nicholson, Batman 89. Yay! I have him in a nice spot. Not above Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> funny, like, we, I, you and I have him ranked exactly, exactly the same. same yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what can we say? He's just so great in, in Batman 89. He is... I've always felt that there's different versions of the Joker in the comics. And I think he is what Bob Kane wrote the Joker to be in the 30s. I think he is clown prince of crime. He's over the top. He has all these gags. He is everything. He is pretty much straight from the comic book times 100. Um, My favorite scene with him is actually all the nonsense that he says. Um, (laughs) My eyes of a mind makes a mookie. Uh, This town needs an enema. Um, let me see the rhubarb. Never, never rub another man's rhubarb. Uh, <laughs> and that I mean, ever dance with the devil on the payment line is ridiculous, but it's still awesome. Um, mm-hmm. the other ones are just nonsense, and his over the, and trust because him dancing with the upper top of his body and never moving his legs is iconic. All right, yes. next up, number seven is RDJ in Avengers Endgame as Tony Stark. Um, some can say he's probably better in the original Iron Man, but I think he puts 10 years of work into this final performance as, as uh, Tony Stark. It's, I mean, I've his death, I can't believe, I can't explain how much I cried when he dies in Endgame. Uh, I went with the speech with, um, actually, no, I went with I Love You 3000 and I Am Iron Man. I think those are the two moments in that movie that like kill me. And my number six is the other Marvel villain. I went with Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther. I think that the realism, yes, Wakanda, whatever. But I think the realism with Michael B. Jordan's reasoning why he feels that the Wakandians betrayed their people and how race relations play such a factor in today's society, I think that hits home more than a purple dude. Uh, but no, I think it, his performance is so great. Michael B. Jordan cannot do wrong by me. And then the scene that I went with him is the one where he dies, where he says, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped oh, from the ships because crazy. they know death was better than bondage. That speaks to so many people. And that performance when he passes away is so, so good. Uh, so I'll keep going to my number two. Uh, my number five is Christopher Reeve in Superman. I went with... I think with him, it's the first. I always say um, we always talk about how eighty nine is so important, but I think his performance is just as important as to the idea of a comic book movie being made because this needed to work. God forbid Superman never worked. We may not have even gotten a chance to get to Batman eighty nine and the marketing bonanza that it created. He's also charming. He's the only. T- this is the only time I've ever been interested in Superman, so I guess that says a lot. Um, 
Clark is what he's supposed to be and Superman is what he's supposed to be. I mean, I've always felt that it's so goofy that you can't tell the guy from wearing glasses, but um, my favorite scene is the first time that you see him as Superman rescuing Lois when she's free falling from the helicopter. I think that's solid. Uh, number four is Michael Keaton and Batman 89. <laughs> In the top four where he belongs. <laughs> um, so similar to, to Christopher Reeves, this was so important for it to work in terms of not only the marketing paying off, but everyone loving Keaton after bashing the casting, everyone expecting someone else to be uh, Batman. And Leo nailed it. No one has hit both. Key, uh, Christian Bale was an incredible Bruce Wayne. Never really a great Batman. Ben Affleck was a great Batman. So-so Bruce Wayne. I, Michael Keaton captures both brilliantly. I think they're, I don't, he's untouchable, and it, maybe it's nostalgia, but I think he's fantastic. Two scenes I went with here. I went with... Uh, where he's you first see Batman, and he's like, I am Batman. And of course, let's get nuts. Because <laughs> the most un-Bruce Wayne thing ever still works so well. It's so ridiculous. Bruce Wayne will never yell, come on, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. And his plan is pretty shitty because he wants the Joker to shoot him. But why did, imagine the Joker just said, all right, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking face. That plan yep. would have not not work very well for Bruce. But yeah, Keaton is a national treasure. I'm glad he's back. Number three is pretty standard, I think, for me and Ryan. I don't think he's going to be on this for Leo, but we'll see. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Logan. Uh, the final time we see him on screen, he him as Logan is some of the best work in a comic book film ever. And I went with his death scene where he exp- uh, pretty much... So the, the, his last line is, so this is what it feels like, referring to both death and having a family at the same time. This is a big Oscar snub. I thought he should he deserved an Oscar nomination for this, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But Hugh Jackman and Logan is so po- his performance is so powerful. Ah, number two is Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, and yeah, that movie's pretty decent, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as good as your number fifteen, I think. Yeah. A little better. <laughs> this is a rated R comic book movie. This is like everything about this is rated R, and it's such a realistic take on the character. We've talked about Joaquin and the Joker and how much we love him on here. For, so I'm not going to go into too much discussion about it. It's pretty self-explanatory how amazing he is. He won the Oscar. Uh, first comic book character to win Best Actor at the Oscars. Um, my favorite scene with him is ooh, so many. Um I will go with. I'm trying to think of one that I haven't used before. The stairs is obvious. The uh, the Joker smile is obvious. The talk show is obvious. I think I'm gonna go with hmm, when you discover that he's never with um, Zazie Beats, and okay. you and you're that because that twist is pretty dope, and you're able to see. Yeah. How how is that not on my twist list? <laughs> That's true. I don't know how I didn't make mine either. Uh, how crazy <laughs> he really is, and how how pretty much lost he is. Um, and I went that I went there. I mean, you another one that I could throw in there is the subway scene when he when he first kills people. So yep, that's my number two. And Ryan, take it away. 
Uh, number five, I got Captain America, Winter Soldier, and I went with the classic elevator fight. Um, number four, Hugh Jackman, uh, Logan, and I, for there I wow, went with the opening number fight. Four. Okay, I thought you, were, I thought that would be in your top three. Uh, um, yeah, and I went with that scene just because I love that scene so much because right off the bat you learn this isn't every other X-Men movie you've seen so far because <laughs> he just chops the dude arm off or impales the dude right away. It was awesome. Um, my number three, Tony Stark, Endgame. Oh, good. We went with the same movie. Good. I don't feel bad then. Yeah, because I went with his death because I cried over a fictional character's death, which I don't do often. <laughs> um, and number two, Heath Leather, Joker. Yeah, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had a feeling too, but <laughs> I'll explain why when I save my yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But and for my scene, I went with the magic trick. Nice. All right, we talked enough about Heath Ledger. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Leo, uh, my number five is Christopher Reeve as Superman. Oh, you went with him uh, too. Oh, good. I'm yeah. No, and here's the thing: I think that it gets overlooked. I think yes, you hit a lot does. of good points, but people again, like Superman's been a character that's been played by various actors. And no one's been able to hit like the Superman and then the sweet innocence and charm of Clark Kent. Yeah, no one. I no. And Leo, I wanted. I, I was talking to someone off the line about this this week, and I wanted to get your take because I didn't know he was going to be on your list. So I'm curious to we to what you think. I think that this physique of Superman also works the best because that's how he was written and created and drawn in the comics originally. I don't like the overly bulky, like, I love Henry Cavill, but I don't, I like this version of Superman, the, you know, he's, he has muscle, but he's not overly muscular, I don't know if you agree. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that, because I remember back with the, when the first onset um, pictures of Batman versus Superman were, were released, like, they made a really big point of focusing on how big Ben Affleck had to get. Yeah. Because he should have to get that big, mm-hmm. right? Like, the hum- a human going against a Kryptonian, like, he should have to bulk up to the point of, like, superhuman places. Whereas Superman doesn't need to work out. He's going to be strong regardless. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do think that um, that you should have some kind of physique. Like, you should be fit in a way. But yes. I agree that this, this everyman look worked really really well and just christopher reeve just yeah he, he just made it seem so so yeah. good it was just good yeah yeah um, and I, I think it's like one of those things that now after like years and years and years you kind of lose tra- you lose track on the fact that that's who superman was supposed to be as opposed to batman's darkness yeah it's true i i never get tired of arguing with people that like man of steel because that they they don't Zack Snyder doesn't know Superman at all. Like there's no. there's oh. nothing about Man of Steel that Superman in the comic books would do. It's such yeah exactly. I'm with you. I, and, I, and, and, and and I would love to see Brandon Routh or Henry Cavill get the chance to do something a little more innocent and sweet like Christopher Reeve because mm-hmm. who knows maybe. Maybe if you give them that kind of script, they could make it work. I agree. But the truth of the matter is we haven't seen it. Yeah, Maybe. like Man of Steel feels like someone that works at Hot Topic wrote it. Yes, like an emo <laughs> Superman all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number four is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Whoa! Uh, but it wasn't It wasn't for Logan. Um, 
Uh, I honestly just to me, fuck with us. He didn't go with Logan. No, <laughs> I thought he was for a second. I got. I was like, what the fuck? No, no. It's Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, but I put him in in um in X two. Okay. Uh, X two United. Okay. Um, and here's the thing, like you two absolutely have a passion for Joker and for the character there. Like as far as history with Wolverine, I've 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 literally read every issue. I've done all my research. Like nothing comes closer to home to to seeing Wolverine on the big screen. Um, and X2 was the first time we see the berserker Wolverine come out. Like X1, he was a little bit more like PG-13. It was about like the fans making it safe. They attack on the X-Mansion in X2 when he stabs the guy through the foot and he just like finally unleashes the berserker rage was like a total geek out moment for me. Um, I, I mean, I look, I, I have my reservations about about Logan. Is I think you're right. He should have gotten a nomination for the for the performance. But the visceral Wolverine in X2 gave me like an idea of like where they wanted to go with the character. By the way, um, um, Leo, since you love him so, you love character so much. Do you think this is going when they recast him because they're going to? Do you think that this will turn into kind of like a Robert Englund being replaced as Freddy Krueger because? At this point, Hugh has done it for twenty years. Yeah. So it's. I think it's going to feel very weird. It is, and, and I think it's like, and it's funny because like this Hugh Jackman is unlike the Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark thing, where it's like both were independent of each other. Like Hugh Jackman's career wasn't very big at all before he became Wolverine. So he is Wolverine, and mm-hmm. everything since then, it's oh, Wolverine is doing something different. Um, so you're right. I think it is going to be very difficult to see another actor, but I actually think it's going to be a little bit more like the James Bond situation gotcha. where like, hopefully fans will be a little bit more receptive to it. I think like based on this episode, we can all see how, how big outlandish, like people getting upset about castings can bite them in the ass. I agree. Cause mm. so, like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be, I mean, look, if, 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 if I can be open-minded about an actor being replaced for Wolverine, Surely other Wolverine fans can be open-minded. One fun fact for you guys about Wolverine. Uh, do you guys know who originally was in consideration to play Wolverine when they were thinking about the movie in the, I think, late 80s? In the live action? Yes. No. Uh, all right. Uh, no. Get, uh, all right, cool. So Danny DeVito. So it makes sense because Danny DeVito's, it like fits the actual archetype of what Wolverine Yeah, because he's smaller, be. right? He's a lot smaller. Yeah, Wolverine's supposed to be 5'3", surly, cigar-smoking, yep. like, not good-looking. I think at the time, I mean, I don't think it would have worked, but I'm thinking of, because DeVito, you know, he put on some weight, but I don't, I'm not sure if he had already put on a weight by the time they were, in, you know, actually talking about this. So, I mean, if he's a smaller and he had thinned down, I think it would have been interesting to see. I would, yeah. I, I mean, it, I don't know if it would have worked, but... Maybe for those that read, you know, that like are big into the X Men comics, we're probably like, yeah, this actually makes sense that Wolverine is five foot one or five foot two. So. Yeah, and it's funny because like when Hugh Jackman was cast, I think that's like the the marks of the world were like he's six foot, he shouldn't be playing Wolverine. But like, come on, man, that's like the least of everything. Like he he embodied the character fine. Yeah, for sure. All right, go ahead, Leo. Um, my number three is Robert Downey Jr. 
um, as Tony Stark. Endgame or no? I picked Iron Man one. Okay, makes sense. So, and it's funny because like your your explanation of why you chose Endgame was like the complete mirror of what I wanted to say with Iron Man because you have like the ending and I have like the beginning mm-hmm. because without without Iron Man one, there is no MCU. Absolutely. There is no twenty years later or ten years later. Um, there's no twenty two films. Um, and it's one of those moments where like the casting just hits. Robert Downey Jr. had to do very little acting because he just was Tony Stark, um, except for the moments where he's like, you know, kidnapped by mercenaries, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is what I chose as my favorite scenes uh, for his acting was him being captive, him having to work on the armor as a prisoner, um, just like the, all the hard work he had to put in to finally escape. Um, all the glitz and glamour afterwards is pretty cool. But like the being dirty and having to survive is what I really liked about it. Nice, and that's and your my num- number two. That's number, number three. Okay. My number two, much like you, is Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Woohoo! Joker, um, and it's it's um and it's kind of like when we were when we do our list for the reel it backs. Like if you win an Oscar, it should be a no brainer to have right? you at the top. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we always talked about the performance here. Um, and I think with, every, I think with all the three of us, I think one and two are probably the same. Yeah, um, it is. But like, yeah, my number two is just, yeah, Joaquin. So I guess we'll just both do our number ones now. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's, uh, Heath Ledger for me, Heath Ledger for you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I think... I mean, I Ledger. I think it's on top of winning the Oscar. I think it's the best supporting actor win of all time, and I've seen almost all of them. So, um, I don't think if we're looking at, and I'm gonna, I don't like doing complete comparisons to the comics or anything like that. But I think this is a little closer mm-hmm. than Joaquin's. Not saying that one is better. I think they're both equally incredible. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I also think that you see, I always compare both of them as the Joker. So you have Joaquin for 25 minutes. You have Heath. I think he has 27 minutes of screen time. And as the Joker, who's better? And there, it's hard not to say it's Heath. And I mean, we've talked about Heath many times. One of the best performers of all time. And um, not shocking that it's both our number ones. Uh, I don't even know what scene to go with. I'm going to go this time with when he burns the money. I love that scene. Because it's one of the only times in any portrait of the Joker where he shows that he doesn't care about anything. He just wants to create madness. And that's the perfect example when this guy has millions and millions of dollars in front of him and he just burns everything. And the fact that he's confusing another criminal. He's like, what the fuck? This guy doesn't (laughs) want this money. I I think that's pretty much when he takes over Gotham City, that scene right there, and Ledger is just incredible. There's nothing, you know, nothing more I can add to it. I wish he was still here. And that's another casting, the ultimate casting casting that was destroyed. And, you know, I wish he was here and we would still get more Ledger performances. But, yeah, Heath Ledger, me numero uno. Anything you want to add, Leo? Yeah, same. I mean, pretty much everything you said, I co-sign. Um, I, another, I think uh, when you mentioned um, Jack Nicholson being like the Bob Kane Joker, um, I think Ledger embodied the like everything since Joker, like the maniacal, killing, murderous Joker. I think Joaquin's Joker can ultimately be that Joker mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Don't get me wrong. 
I, but I don't think Joaquin's movie was for that. Joaquin's movie was to kind of like just let you see. Joker year one. Yeah, exactly. Like an yeah. origin story lets you see what can break a man to even get to that point. But then Heath Ledger's is like a master class of like once you're there, this is how you take over a whole city, if not the world. Yeah, and I think he's a P- – I've always said he's like a – he has PTSD. I think he's like an army vet that went to you know Iraq in the mid-2000s during the Iraqi war. And then he was just like – he was spit out to society and this is how he – what he decided to do with society after. Like he yeah. was spit out, and this is what he became. He became, you know. And don't get me wrong; like it's 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 a lot of like thinking and manipulation, and like he's a genius in mm-hmm. how he was able to create his plan to do what he did in in in, in Dark Knight. Like it's not just like a a a, 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 like a a petty criminal or a mob boss, like in the case of Jack Nicholson. Um, it's 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 a really intricate master plan to do what you did. And I remember, um, I don't know if you remember this, back in 06 and 07, I mean, when we started thinking that he may be good, not even after after all the backlash went away, mm-hmm. people were still like, but is he going to be better than Nicholson? Because Nicholson was so incredible. There was those comparisons back in 07, 08. Yeah, so yeah. It's, he had to deal with that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're probably going to talk about him next week. And that's a little tease for next week's topic. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what about scene for you? Anything that comes to mind outside of, like, uh, <laughs> other scenes we've talked about? Yeah, it, it's funny because, like, yeah, the, the, our top people, like, it's it's tough to keep picking scenes out because you're really just going through the whole movie. And you're yeah. like, you're incredible with every single scene. Um, I guess, like, you went with the money scene. I'll go with the... Oh, man, it's... It's tough. It's, it's so tough. tough. You know what? I, there's I'll, nothing I'll go, bad. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with the jail scene when he's in the in, in the in the in the in the cell, and like all the maniacs are around him. He starts freaking clapping. Yes, because he just like because he doesn't even say anything. Yeah. Like he there's does. no words at all, and you still see like everything emote through his face. He has like, full he just, control of that room, yes. and he knows it. Yeah. All right, right. Go ahead. Finish us off. Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is my favorite performance. Um, just. He carries that. He just that performance. Uh, let me start over. Sorry. He the entire movie speaks to me, and his performance speaks to me even louder. He carries that movie. I, like I don't give a shit about any other part of that movie, but his character. So like, you I don't, don't care give about a the, shit about Murray. I don't give a shit about Murray. I don't give a shit about garbage strikes. <laughs> like no, like it's his character and the character development, and that's why actually my favorite scene is the final meeting with the uh, psychiatrist. Yep. Like that's it's just a powerful scene, and just everything he goes through, and like we like Leo just said, what it takes to break a man. It is a year one story, and if you take it like a year one story. It makes it even better, and it's just oh, I you know love what I really like about that scene. I'm glad you brought that up, right? I love the fact that at the beginning, during their first meeting, she pretty much treats them like shit, right? Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. this is their second meeting, and she's pretty much fired, she plays the victim. Yeah, and like, he, they don't and, give a shit about me. And I'm like, and then he's like, you know, like you just don't get it, <laughs> like you just don't get it, lady. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really powerful scene. I I mean. Joker is so great. I still don't understand yeah. how people don't like that movie. <laughs> but is it, is it? I guess isn't it crazy though? Like on our list, like we each have three different performances of the same character, yeah. and it's like, and they're amazing for all different ways. And I don't yeah. think we're just being fanboys because I even looked up, you know, 
just to see what other people thought. And outside of, you know, the top being either Joaquin or Heath for everybody, it's Jack Nicholson is on a lot of top 15s. I don't it's yeah, hard mm-hmm. to deny that he is so so great. Jared Leto, unfortunately, is not going to be on any of our list. And I think what but makes was it him or was it the script? I do think, I think that it's a script. He, he, I think, I think he could have. I think he could have been okay because again, in, in like the Harley Quinn scene, I, I think there was something there. Like if we could get that, I think there's. I think he may have had a chance. Yeah, there's a scene in the director's cut or extended cut, whatever's on the Blu-ray, that um, he has a Harley. Once she's kind of, you know, she's still not Harley Quinn, but she's pretty much there with him and her, and it's really, really, really good. I don't think he's the problem. You know what I do think the problem is with him? He that look is awful. I, I don't, look is yeah. awful. it is yeah. awful. There is nothing that Redeeming. I, mean, I don't I yeah, I don't know. I I never even when they announced when they first gave him the look, I'm like, well, this is a choice. Like, yeah. I, I don't get the tattoos. The teeth, I get it. I can, I put in my mind that Batman fucked him up so much that he knocked oh, out all his teeth. I'll, so Dave, Dave, that that was confirmed. That's the only part of the look that I agree with you with is the teeth. That I think Robin was the one that broke his teeth or something. Okay. But like, but yeah, that's the that's the tattoos were just like why. I'm even like I even like the outfits. It's very different from the Joker, but I'll take the outfits. It's it, and it's not even the tattoos, Leo. It's that stupid fucking danger on his forehead. Oh, damage! Or damage! It's damage. like if it's like if um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Returns tattooed "Hell Here" on her forehead after she becomes oh. Catwoman. Yeah, it's just it's just too much. But yeah, that wraps up this week's episode. This is a good list. Great, great job, guys. Next week, I can't believe I brain farted on this and we didn't cover it. But we are going to cover the 15th anniversary of Batman Begins, and not only that, we're actually going to do a look at the entire trilogy and if it's one of the greatest trilogies of all time we'll decide that and leo will let us know if the dark knight rises still sucks to him uh yeah we'll see (laughs) (laughs) all right guys until then happy birthday rye thank you see you at the movies kids (laughs) 